Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Rainer Maria Rilke's Letters to a Young Poet is one of the most books that people claim they've read. Can spout a memorable line or two from the tome. But in reality failed to take that journey set out in the book itself. So in this episode of Life Sentences, we'll be reading a few of Rilke's actual letters in the book. I'm Kinton Pastrana. Welcome to this podcast on the best of poetry and prose. Letters to a Young Poet is an often unappreciated work by Rainer Maria Rilke. The subject... Mr. Franz Kapus is like you and me, simply trying to make a life worth living and daring to bring something of himself to the eternal realm of art. Like Mr. Kapus, while many of us may never aspire to a dusty shelf or viral insta-poetry corner of the universe, we can transform our existence into one that is anchored on meaning and leavened with joy through our own poetry. Speaking of joy... For those of you who haven't savored the full experience of this epistolary feast, you're missing a true talisman and guidepost for existence. So here's a generous helping to let you know what you've been missing. Carl Joe Javier, Marc Asilian, and Trisha Aquino of Puma Podcast are here with me to read some letter. Letter number one. You ask whether your poems are good. You send them to publishers compare them with other poems, and you were disturbed when certain publishers reject your attempts. Well now, since you have given me permission to advise you, I suggest that you give that all up. You are looking outward, and above all else, that you must not do now. No one can advise and help you. No one. There is only one way. Go within. Search for the cause. Find the impetus that bids you to write. Put it to this test. Does it stretch out its roots in the deepest place of your heart? Can you vow that you would die if you were forbidden to write? Above all, in the most silent hour of your night, ask yourself this. Must I write? Dig deep into yourself for a true answer. And... If it should ring its assent, if you can confidently meet the serious question with a simple, I must, then build your life upon it. It has become your necessity. If as a result of this turning inward, of the sinking into your own world, that poetry should emerge, you will not only think to ask someone whether it is good poetry, and You will not try to interest publishers of magazines in these works. For you will hear in them your own voice. You will see in them a piece of your life, a natural possession of yours, 
A piece of art is good if it is born of necessity. This, its source, is its criterion. There is no other. Therefore, my dear friend, I know of no other advice than this. Go within and scale the depths of your being from which your very life springs forth. At its source, you will find the answer to the question whether you must write. Accept it, however it sounds to you, without analyzing. Perhaps it will become apparent to you that you are indeed called to be a writer. Then accept that fate. Bear its burden and its grandeur without asking for the reward which might possibly come from without. For the creative artist must be a world of his own and must find everything within himself and in nature to which he has betrothed himself. What else shall I tell you? It seems to me that everything has been said with just the right emphasis. I wanted only to advise you to progress quietly and seriously in your involvement. You could greatly interfere with that process if you look outward and expect to obtain the answers from the outside. Answers which only your innermost feeling in your quietest hour can perhaps give you. Second letter. Of all my books, there are only a few that are indispensable to me. A whole world will envelop you. The joy, the wealth, the incomprehensible greatness of a world. Live a while within these books. Learn of them whatever seems worth the learning. But above all, love them. For this love, you shall be required a thousand and a thousand times over, no matter what turn your life will take. The love, I am sure of it, will weave itself through the tapestry of your evolving being as one of the most important threads of your experiences, your disappointments, and your joys. Third letter. Works of art can be described as having an essence of eternal solitude, and an understanding is attainable, least of all by critique. Only love can grasp and hold them and judge them fairly. Allow your judgments their own quiet, undisturbed development, which, as with all progress, must come from deep within and can in no way be forced or hastened. All things consist of carrying to term and then giving birth, to allow the completion of every impression, every germ of a feeling deep within. In darkness beyond words, in the realm of instinct unattainable by logic, to await humbly and patiently the hour of the descent of a new clarity, that alone is to love one's art, in the realm of understanding, as in that of creativity.
In this, there is no measuring with time. A year doesn't matter. Then years are nothing. To be an artist means to not to compute or count. It means to ripen as the tree, which does not force its sap, but stands unshaken in the storms of spring with no fear that summer might not follow. It will come regardless, but it comes only to those who live as though eternity stretches before them, carefree, silent, and endless. I learn it daily, learn it with many pains, for which I am grateful. Patience is all. But he who has a pact with aloneness can even now prepare the way for all of this that in the future may well be possible for many and can build with hands less apt to err. Therefore, dear friend, embrace your solitude and love it. Endure the pain it causes and try to sing out with it. For those near to you are distant, you say. That shows it is beginning to dawn around you. There is an expanse opening about you. And when your nearness becomes distant, then you have already expanded far to being among the stars. Rejoice in your growth. No one can join you in that. Letter number six. In the midst of the festivities, your feeling of aloneness is apt to weigh more heavily upon you. Whenever you notice that it looms large, be glad about it. For what would aloneness be, you ask yourself, if it did not possess greatness? There exists only one aloneness, and it great, and it is not easy to bear. What you really need is simply this. Aloneness. Great inner solitude. To go within and for hours not to meet anyone. That is what one needs to attain. To be lonely as one was lonely as a child. While adults were moving about. Entangled with things that seemed big and important because grown-ups looked so busy and because no one could understand any of their doings. That must be the goal. Think, dear friend. Reflect on the world that you carry within yourself. And name this thinking what you wish. Your innermost happening is worth all your love. You must somehow work on that. Seventh letter. We must embrace struggle. Every living thing conforms to it. Everything in nature grows and struggles in its own way, establishing its own identity, insisting on it at all cost, against all resistance. We can be sure of very little, but the need to court struggle 
is a surety that will not leave us. It is good to be lonely, for being alone is not easy. The fact that something is difficult must be one more reason to do it. To love is also good, for love is difficult. For one human being to love another is perhaps the most difficult task of all, the epitome, the ultimate test. It is that striving for which all other striving is merely preparation. For that reason, young people who are beginners in everything cannot yet love. They do not know how to love. They must learn it with their whole being, with all strength enveloping their lonely, disquieted heart. They must learn to love, even when their heartbeat is quickening. However, the process of learning always involves time set aside for solitude. Thus, to love constantly and far into a lifespan is indeed aloneness, heightened and deepened aloneness for one who loves. Love does not at first have anything to do with arousal, surrender, and uniting with another being. For what union can be built upon uncertainty, immaturity, and lack of coherence. Love is a high inducement for individuals to ripen, to strive to mature in the inner self, to manifest maturity in the outer world, to become that manifestation for the sake of another. This is a great demanding task. It calls one to expand one's horizon greatly. It shall thoroughly change the love experience to the rebuilding of a relationship meant to be two persons, no longer just between man and woman. And this more human love will be consummated, endlessly considerate and gentle, good and clear in its bonding and releasing. It shall resemble that love for which we must prepare painstakingly and with fervor, the love that consists in this that two solitudes protect and border and salute each other. Letter 8 The quieter and more patient, the more open we are, the more resolutely does that something new enter into us the deeper it is absorbed in us, the more certain we are to secure it, and the more certain it is to become our personal destiny. When it happens at a later time, then we feel an intimate kinship. It is necessary, it is needed, and our involvement will gradually go in that direction. Nothing strange shall befall us, but rather that which has already for a long time belonged to us. Surely it is possible that we shall gradually learn to recognize that what we call fate emerges from human beings. It does not enter into them from the outside. It is only because many did not absorb their destinies while they lived in them, did not absorb them into themselves, that they did not recognize what emerged from them. 
but we are not prisoners. There are no traps or snares set for us, and there is nothing that should frighten or torture us. We are placed into life, into the best element suited for it. We have no reason to mistrust our world, for it is not against us. If it has terrors, they are our own terrors. If it has precipices, they belong to us. And if we fashion our life according to that principle which advises us to embrace that which is difficult, then that which appears to us to be the very strangest will become the most worthy of our trust and the truest. Why should you want to exclude any anxiety, any grief, any melancholy from your life, since you do not know what it is these conditions are accomplishing in you? You do not know that you are in a period of transition and wish for nothing as much as to transform yourself. If some aspect of your life is not well, then consider the illness to be the means for an organism to free itself from something foreign to it. That is a course of its progress. But in the course of any illness, there are many days in which the physician can do nothing but wait. Ninth letter. It is always my wish that you might gain more and more trust in whatever is difficult for you, in your aloneness, among other things. Allow life to happen to you. Believe me, life is right in all cases. And about feelings. All feelings that integrate and inspire are pure. Impure is the feeling that touches only one side of your being and is tearing you up so. Everything that causes you to be more than what you have been in your best hours is right. Every advancement is good if it pervades your whole bloodstream, when it is not due to intoxication, not due to being conditioned to sadness, but to transparent joy. Your doubt can become a good attribute if you discipline it. It must become knowing. Act with alertness and responsibility each and every time, and the day will come when doubt will change from a destroyer to become one of your best fellow workers, perhaps wisest of all, that have a part in building your life. And the tenth and last letter. The silence must be immense when there is space for such sound and movements. And when one realizes that the presence of the distant sea and its melody is added to all of this, perhaps as the innermost tone in this prehistoric harmony, then I can only wish that you trustingly and patiently allow that grand solitude to work in you. It is no longer possible to be erased from your life. It shall be imminent in all that you experience 
and all that you do. It will act as an anonymous influence, akin to how ancestral blood constantly moves and merges with our own and links with that of the individual, never to be unlinked. It is gently decisive at each crossroad of our life. This environment not only necessitates vigilance and application and allows for independent attentiveness to detail, but it actually provides training for these qualities. To be in circumstances that work in us, that place us before great aspects of nature from time to time, that is all we need. Art is a way of life. And we can, no matter how we live, and without knowing it, prepare ourselves for it. With each encounter with truth, one draws nearer to reaching communion with it. I am glad that you have overcome the danger of being caught up in such a realm, and that you are somewhere in a rugged reality, alone yet courageous. Thank you so much, Carl Joe, Trisha, and Mark, for bringing these letters to life. And that's it for this episode of Life Sentences. If you'd like to hear more of these, or if you have suggestions on how we can improve or what we should feature next, drop us an email at lifesentencesph at gmail.com. We'll dive into your favorite passages from poetry, fiction, speeches, films, or essays. You can also reach us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at LifeScent. This episode was produced by Janina Magundayo and edited by Nico Bolante. Life Sentences is a co-production with Puma Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel, Life Sentences, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.